You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Beauty Translated Season 3 is coming soon with what? A second host? I'm Carmen Laurent, and this season I am joined full-time by world-renowned Janie Danger. Janie, what are we talking about in Season 3? We're talking about life, Carmen. Beauty Translated is about the many fragmented lives spreading across this rich tapestry of the trans experience. And the all-new Beauty Translated Love Line at 678-561-2785. Listen to Beauty Translated Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. The deserts of America have to be where songs are born, where isolation gives way to desolation. All things have to fight for survival. In a glaring beauty and madness glints off the midnight sun. In that white-hot sun, this has to be where songs come from, or maybe just the best ones. Neil Young knew this. Even if Zuma captured his attention with its waves and moody beaches right afterwards, it was Albuquerque where he sought comfort, a place of respite to test his own survival. When the glare of fame was deflected in remote towns and flyover cities, And he could drive and drive and drive. Movement for the purpose of feeling, in order to process the tragic overdoses of two of his closest friends and the grief that followed. On his underrated yet still classic 1975 album, Tonight's the Night, Young captured the beauty, wilderness, and majesty of this particular desert in Albuquerque. Track 8 on the record. It's not so much a destination as an escape from the easy reality of the lowlands, a place to check back in with yourself and return to who you really are, or the version you'd like to be. It's a sky city, a literal and physical attempt to climb somewhere higher, but also, when you visit the city, you just might feel what I feel. A spiritual urge to connect with what it really means to be part of the long melody of civilization, to sing your own desert song, or join with the ancient hum buzzing underneath the wind dancing along the sand. I've been flying down the road, and I've been starving to be alone, and independent from the scene that I've known, Albuquerque. So I'll stop when I can, find some fried eggs and country ham. I'll find somewhere where they don't care who I am. 
Oh, Albuquerque. Integral to being an American is to know how much we ignore within our own country, especially when the cultural signifiers aren't white. But Albuquerque thrusts all of its rolling century-old history to the surface and demands to be seen. It is the first real community in America. How can you ignore that? And yet, a lot of us do. Albuquerque is an underrated but nonetheless essential music town. It's what has been known in the tourist world as a stopover city, a place where bands can count on an audience to show up, even if it's a smaller or more intimate show. And they'll play Albuquerque because they've got to stop anyway on the trek towards bigger hubs on the West Coast, must-hit cities like Phoenix, Los Angeles, San Fran, and the rest. The ones that pay the bills and put gas in the van. But that means there's actually a surprisingly great bevy of artists to be seen at venues in and around the area. So as much as the higher-end wellness and luxury travel types might tout Santa Fe, Goop, and Condé Nast, and Vogue, and all of them, it's Albuquerque where most things, especially for live music, are actually taking place. This is the city with grit, with hole-in-the-wall bars where a stage just appears in the corner some nights or where local breweries frequently host both in-town and traveling musicians for some live tunes to go along with the on-tap beer. Because why not? Everybody likes it, and it's weird to have beer without music. Which, by the way, is another similarity between Denver and Albuquerque. The local brewery scene here has taken off in a way that's almost hard to fathom unless you're on the ground. What is it about high-altitude cities and brews? Maybe your taste buds can get a better sense of the hops and yeast when you're high up? If that's not reason to stay at this elevation, I don't know what is. The science checks out, though. Because bakers working in high altitude have to change their proportions and bake times, maybe all this change and attention to detail is making its way into the songwriting, too. The longer history, the desert sun-activated survival mode, the regional pride in something as simple as the chili pepper. It's all part of the Albuquerque way. A sky city in the land of enchantment that will win you over after one visit. A city that harbors and has harbored Demi Lovato, The Shins, Exhibit, Beirut, A Hawk and a Hacksaw, The Rondells, Ryan Bingham, Al Hurricane, and Al Hurricane Jr. But what is the point of highlighting the people no longer there? The sound of a town is not the music that makes it big outside of it, but the music happening within right now. Sound of Our Town is a podcast about the music that shaped the city you are touching down in. It is also about finding, hearing, and experiencing the best music happening right now. What sounds and places have shaped the city's culture and what new sounds continue to define it. Sound of Our Town is about getting together in a room to listen and why that matters so much right now. My name is Will Daly. I'm an independent songwriter, artist out there somewhere in the night, on one of these stages most likely. So, whether you are quickly dropping in or landing for a long stay, in each episode I'll introduce you to the real places and sonic stories echoing in a particular town so that your adventure is enriched with music. Your support of this show, your follows on your favorite platforms for podcasts, and especially your reviews have gotten this show to episode seven, season two, as we venture into Albuquerque, New Mexico.
So what is the land of enchantment anyways? What makes it tick? Albuquerque is a city built on influences from Mexico, Spain, and indigenous cultures. And there's a baked-in celebration of native music and culture here, as well as the hearty appreciation for when larger, more mainstream acts make their way to this secluded desert city. Music from the ancestral Pueblonians, who lived in northwest New Mexico, sometimes called the Anazi, was central to the first traditions of sound here. They had the Anazi flute and other wind instruments, chants, and drum beats as defining elements of the earliest culture. They were also well known for their rock art and petroglyphs. The music of this civilization was soon mixed with traditional Christian liturgical music and the violin from missionaries, as well as the Spanish guitar and Mexican music like mariachi and ranchera. Finally, much later in New Mexico's history, when it was made a state, which strangely didn't happen until 1912, the frontier music of Western and country, as well as Zydeco from Cajun settlers, was also thrown in. Which is to say, the traditions of art and the importance of creative expression has always been part of the lifeblood of this area. And it's lived on in Albuquerque. It's made its way to the contemporary scene. We can draw a through line from that history to say the Shins, one of the more prominent groups who have actually formed in the city. That may seem like a stretch, but they are folksy. But it's really that, that reverb on Jane Mercer's voice that seems like it's connected and echoing from a distant time. So where do you go to see the next band that will be as influential as the Shins playing around town? Well, maybe you should start with one of the most historic places for live music in town, a landmark, an institution designed by a beloved local architect. We'll get there. But first, let's ease you in slowly. Let your legs and your lungs get used to the altitude before it's time to buy a ticket, deal with the bouncer patting you down and finding your spot for a seated show. First off, why not embrace their beer culture, grab a pint, get a taste of some super casual tunes. This is what Albuquerque's local scene is all about, and even better, there's more than one of them. Get off whatever steel horse you rode in on and locate the closest tractor brewing company to your current location in Albuquerque. My favorite is the one right by the university, in Knob Hill, but it's one of four locations across town. I'll hold that this downtown location is the best introduction to the world of Albuquerque. Plus, as the name hints, this is a place to get a damn fine pint of New Mexico beer, something you'll encounter all throughout the city. And brewing has been an institution in this city since 1888, but that's a story for a different podcast. You are sandwiched between the colorful La Monita Food Co-op a great local spot to get food if you're planning to cook for yourself. The area is also teeming with other beloved kitchens. The Flying Star Cafe for breakfast, burgers, sandwiches, or salads. Frontier for classic New Mexican Mexican fare. More on this later. Or Dion's, a casual pizza spot that does indeed have a local green hatch chili and pepperoni pizza dub, the 505, after this part of Albuquerque's signature area code. I say that because you're welcome to bring your own food into Tractor while you're drinking. And food trucks roll up outside to feed the crowd of locals who stride in and out. Tractor is one of those places where people love to come and just hang out. And since there's a ready and willing crowd, yes, live music does pop up from time to time. It's not all the time, and it's not the main attraction. But the horseshoe bar in the center of the room is perfectly positioned to leave space in the corner for a stage to appear every Saturday. 
On Fridays, expect a DJ set, but select Thursdays will feature live music too. So just ask around once you've taken a seat to get a feel for the likelihood. Even if there is no music that night, it's still a super enjoyable hang. The walls are decked out with tractor gear, with the cheeky tagline, get plowed. Just under the radar enough to kind of slide by with some people. And if it's still daylight and you're ready to go even deeper into the scene, wander a few streets over to Knob Hill Music, an excellent record store for anyone with a love for vinyl. And now we are one stop in and you've already got a neighborhood guide. That's kind of how Albuquerque works. Behind every door in this sky city is another one. All the nooks and crannies give way to even more irreverent, quirky, and esoteric options. Further up and further in. So now, let's head to an actual venue. You got through the first stop and it was exactly what it was meant to be, the easy in, the low and slow pitch. But just in case you've come to Albuquerque with purpose and you want to dive right in with swiftness, in that case, you'd be hitting up the historic chemo. Now, maybe maybe even start here and then you go grab a pint at Tractor Post Show. There are no rules. I don't mind if you invert this map. Nothing is set in stone with the best kind of traveling. Hopefully, we know that here. At the Chemo Theater, it's one of those places that's so iconic that editors from the New Mexico Museum of Natural History have been involved with helping preserve the full story. It's one of the best places to see a show in Albuquerque, hands down. It's in a historic building, and it's located on the historic Route 66. Chemo is an incredible preserved example of a very rare form of architecture dubbed Pueblo Deco. Though it was very short-lived, this was an attempt to fuse elements of Native American culture with the rise of Art Deco. And the results are a mix of flamboyant and sometimes head-spinning mashups, like Native motifs and murals threaded throughout the building, soaring ceilings, and an expansive marquee. Also originally opened as a movie theater, and now the chemo hosts bands of all stripes, from R&B and pop to Spanish guitarists and comedians like Mark Marin. A very special Albuquerque session dubbed Bands of Enchantment, which is a play on the phrase Land of Enchantment, which is the nickname for the city and the state. You'll hear me say it a lot. It films the theater because of what a stunning region-specific backdrop it makes. It is a prime listening room, and I recommend going to bandsofenchantment.com to get a glimpse and get excited before you go. Known either as just Sister or Sister Bar, pretty much anyone who lives in Albuquerque will let you know this is the coolest spot in town. There's pinball while you're waiting for the show or for food and the kitchen stays open till 11. The cocktails are actually great at a music venue. That's, that's pretty amazing. This is so rare that even New Yorkers and Angelinos will prick their ears up at the sound of it. But these delicious house-made cocktails which drain from the boozy and over the top see the vapor with gin, sake, and lychee boba to the classic as they come see the old-fashioned whiskey, bitters, and sugar will arrive into your possession at the completely reasonable price of $9 to $11. See, there is perks to visiting a landlocked, not-quite-gentrified city. Affordable, excellent cocktails are just one of them. 
Once you're settled in with drinks at Sister, have maybe played a few rounds of pinball, head closer to the stage to get a great vantage point when the music kicks up. Listen, traditionally, we do no cover as a, well, no cover spot. But the truth is, you will likely have to pay five to 20 or so to get a ticket for a show at Sister Bar. But that money is going to the band and going to the bar itself to keep the drink prices as low as they are. And truly, there's no spot that encapsulates the feel of the local music scene here more than Sister. So it's worth a few dollars out of your well-tailored out-of-towner pockets. You're gonna catch a vibe here. We'll call this no-cover spot the no-hidden-fees spot. And by the way, you can get a vegan cauliflower po'boy here. It'll blow your mind if you're not a meat eater and warm your soul if you left carnivorous ways behind a long time ago. Yes, there is a lot of excellent meaty food in New Mexico, and yes, there's also plenty of plant-based cooking happening here too. Sister also serves up a decadent Cubano with the area's signature red chili pork. Let's just say no matter what you do, Sister is on your list as a visitor, okay? But if you're looking for a more formal concert venue, where a mosh pit might erupt at any moment and the sound system has its own Instagram account, not really, but you, you get what I'm saying, then there's a place for that too, and it's called the Chemo Theater. But while we are on the subject of food, which keeps working its way in in Albuquerque, let's just do a um, a baseline check-in. Food is, is, is a big deal here, and a lot of it has to do with a little green chili. So let's sidebar. The food in Albuquerque is a renewable resource fueled by the locally grown Hatch Green Chilies. To know Albuquerque is to understand the history of Hatch Green Chilies. Conquistadors from Mexico first brought the chilies to New Mexico just before 1600. And native Pueblo people began to grow and nurture it along with the other plants that were already part of their agrarian society, which developed further when the Spanish settlements put down their roots. Over the next 400 years, plenty of local heroes are credited for their own part in shaping various varietals and expressions of the chili, which have plenty of scientific names and heat expressions, but should be noted are overall about one-third the heat level of a typical jalapeno, which makes them much more palatable. There is no actual Hatch chili, but the town of Hatch which is in southern New Mexico, closer to the city of La Cruces, is the central hub for production. Hatch green chilies are designated only as chilies grown in the Hatch Valley region of New Mexico. Locals claim that the rich soil climate of the high desert, which allows for extreme fluctuations between heat and colder air, and of course the pride that the region's farmers take in their crop, all amount to the best chilies in the world. Remember those lobsters in Portland, Maine? You see, it starts to matter, the places you are, the art that's being made, and the food that is being cultivated by those that have their hands on it and actually benefit from it being sustainable and rich and authentic. Same goes for the music being made. Either way, wherever you go in Albuquerque, you will see Hatch Green Chilies on the menu. It's made its way into wine and beer, onto burgers at local fast food joints like Blake's, and will absolutely be the star ingredient in the area's Mexican food, which is some of the best on the continent. 
For my money, the best place to get into the Chile frame of mind is Frontier. It is an absolute must visit for anyone who is heading to New Mexico for the first time and wants to catch the vibe. It is kind of like a Mexican diner, open almost all hours of the day and night, seven days a week. And even still, there will be a line out the door almost any time you go. Don't worry, it disappears fast, and a lot of those ordering will take theirs to go. It's not like there's a demand for tables as much as there is a demand for the food. It's that good. Seriously. Now, we are versed in the hatch. Enough of these delightful local peppers for now. It's time to get back to the music. The Sunshine Theater is so beloved that locals write tributes to it, going over the history with a fine-tooth comb to make sure nothing gets missed. And still it does. That's how versatile this theater is, how long it's been around. First built in 1924 and designed by one of the area's most prominent architects, Henry C. Trost, who designed hundreds of buildings all over the city, The Sunshine was originally a movie theater with an orchestra pit and one of the last hand-operated elevators in New Mexico. It made the transition into a music venue around the late 1980s, but it also housed a recording studio into the early 1990s. It's been home to at least a record shop or two, a ticket box office, a nightclub in the basement called Hell, and though it can't quite be proven, there are rumors that David Bowie filmed scenes from the man who fell to earth inside the theater. So I'm just going to say it's true and believe it. Currently, Sunshine hosts a venue within a venue, Moonlight Lounge. It hosts smaller shows in the same vibe as the mother venue. The Sunshine regularly books everything from local rock and emo nights to hip-hop, metal, and pop-punk. It leans heavier, but if you get a chance to line up a solid act with this historic stage, book the tickets without thinking and let the sunshine melt your face. Fewer and fewer of these classic 100-year-old spaces exist anymore, and it's best to get a show at a stage like this one in the books while you can. The best time to visit New Mexico will always be the fall because it's not too rainy, snowy, or hot during those perfect fall months. Another reason why it's wonderful to visit in autumn because the entire city and a whole host of visitors from all over the world flood into Albuquerque in early October for the world-famous Albuquerque International Balloon Fiesta. If you have any interest at all in hot air balloons, then you will love the way the whole city gets taken over for a week. The sky is filled with hundreds of balloons all day. However, it also means hotels, flights, car rentals, and other fluctuating travel-related prices are all at their highest level during this time. So little maneuvering on either side of the festival might be in the cards. But watching balloons all day and making your way to any of the aforementioned venues is New Mexico bliss. Or if you're more intrigued by the area's culinary history and chili obsession, consider heading to the Hatch Chili Festival over Labor Day weekend. This festival is actually held in Hatch, so it's a couple hours drive from Albuquerque, but with a parade, beer and wine gardens, and even a chili eating contest, there's plenty to do for a day trip before heading back to town to catch a show.
In a small town, the biggest venue tends to get the spotlight because some things are just based on the numbers. And when artists are guaranteed to be coming through your town strictly based on its geographical location between big cities in the south and big cities on the west coast, well, the biggest stage is going to be graced with some amazing artists. This one is about math. And it's also about the draw of seeing a concert under the stars. That's right. The biggest stage in town is at the Isleta Amphitheater, an outdoor venue and what could be better for the high desert hot windy nights than adding a little live music. It's not quite Red Rocks, but it's got the kind of views that never get old. Like when the sunset starts to gloam over the horizon and the mountains turn purple and pink like they do some nights in the land of enchantment. The venue was only built in 2000, so it's really not that old compared to some of the other arenas around the country. But that also means it's a bit more spacious and up to date. And what it lacks in history, it makes up for with a gorgeous outdoor setting and great acoustics. Initially open to hold about 12,000 people, the venue became so popular over the years that around 2009, the lawn area was extended so shows could accommodate up to 15,000. And that area tends to be where locals and those who know the area well like to hang out. It also lends itself well to the venue setup, which is more spread out and low instead of stacked in high tiers like some arenas and stadium-sized spots can be. It's actually surprising that Azleta hasn't climbed the ranks of best venues in the country yet. And perhaps that's a little bit just because it's on the younger side. But it also might be due to the fact that Albuquerque has stayed underrated. The biggest claim to fame the town has seen in its somewhat slanted viewpoint is as the backdrop to Breaking Bad, where the creators took liberty with everything from the Spanish language itself to what kinds of communities thrive in New Mexico. TV shows don't get everything right, but it does include a scene from Nisleta's parking lot. In season two, episode four, Walt teaches Walt Jr. how to drive in the parking lot here. And then in season four, episode seven, Problem Dog, he destroys a car Skyler wanted him to restock. We don't really recommend Joy riding around a lot, but the massive lot has become part of the fabric of the neighborhood enough that it made it into this globally acclaimed show, which says something. It also leads us to our next stop, which is a venue that many locals swear by, a parking lot across town at a little spot called Long Hair Records. If you ask a local, the best venue in town is a parking lot. Isn't that the beauty of living somewhere? The ability to transform a liminal space into a creative one. All the best communities have that kind of magic. And the one that Long Hair Records has cultivated is no different. In order to get a real feel for what the store is all about, I'd love to just read you the About section from their Facebook page. Glorious grooves and vintage vibes from needle drop to dead wax. We also offer a curated selection of vintage cassettes, VHS, and genre paperbacks. Paperbacks and VHS? I mean, come on, where are you gonna get that? If that sounds up your alley, then a show in the parking lot probably will too. The shop itself is open from Wednesday to Sunday, 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Events happen a bit sporadically, but can all be found on their website and social media if you want to check the dates for your trip. Worth noting, long hair isn't all that far away from Tractor Brewing in Knob Hill, so it might be the move to fold a visit into the same day you're hanging out over there, if you choose to do so. 
then you can really look at yourself and say, I'm really getting a feel for the 505. If you'd really like to get to know the musical history of the area, a book published by the University of New Mexico Press called The Hispanic Folk Music of New Mexico in the Southwest will blow your mind. And it requires some work because the massive tome is close to 1,000 pages long. But this book, originally published in 1980, is packed full of years of field research by composer John Donald Robb. He was, as described by the publisher, a passionate aficionado of the traditions of his adopted state. Robb traveled all over the state, both recording and transcribing the music he encountered from the time he moved there in 1941 throughout the next three and a half decades. Which is to say, it's more of a show-don't-tell approach. But there's enough in here to fascinate any music nerd, even if the show you're going to see while in town is something more contemporary. Getting a feel for the area's musical roots will only enhance your stay in the land of enchantment. The mysticism of the desert exists in every generation, in every culture. It doesn't matter which patch of this unforgiving sandy expanse you land in around the world. The desert is just more raw than other places. Our instinctual will to live and the fragility of our ability to do just that are closer to the surface due to the heat, to lack of water, and the sheer seclusion. And no place on earth drives that home more than the high desert of Albuquerque. Long used as a stand-in by American poets and wanderers, and yes, Looney Tunes genius Bugs Bunny himself is a trope that represents the middle of nowhere. New Mexico sometimes gets lost in the shadow of the Colorado mountains, the sunny pool of Arizona, or the notoriety of Utah. But really, this is one of the oldest places anywhere in North America where humans first tried to build something beyond just a wandering nomadic lifestyle. About an hour southwest from Albuquerque, Acomo Pueblo, a.k.a. Sky City, is recognized as the oldest continuously inhabited community in the United States. And countless pueblos, just like Acoma, exist in and around New Mexico, plenty of them still inhabited by the same tribes today, descendants of the first peoples to put down roots, coax some water out of the ground, and call the desert home. The road that Neil Young probably drove on his fateful visit, and that a lot of people have been up and down, is the historic Route 66, which runs through the heart of Albuquerque and was another force that established it as something of a stopover town in the context of American history. And though that might be true for some people, there's a whole other swath of them that it doesn't entirely ring true for. You see, there's a joke around town that once people come to the land of enchantment, a certain strain of person can't leave it all. They are simply... Sucked in by the purple sky, the sweeping desert, the expanse of all this elevation. Albuquerque is an escape for some, but for others, that escape can quickly turn into the whole story. This is a peak of what keeps people coming back to the song of the desert. And don't be surprised if you get swept up in it. And one more thing. Sometimes the desert feels like a desperate place, but desperation gets a bad rap. What if desperation is the impetus for something positive? 
After all, it builds endurance and creates stamina. Desperation is the precursor to strength and the kind of decisions that can alter your course forever. These days, choosing to live in a desert is more of a mindset shift than an actual question of survival. But a little bit of that old, strong, desperate feeling still courses under the surface here. It's what makes the high desert special. It's what makes it the land of enchantment. All that fighting for survival gives way to a little bit of bliss. That's Albuquerque, everybody. Season 2, Episode 7. Thank you for your ears. Thank you to everyone who has followed the show on your favorite platform. And an extra, extra special thanks to those of you who have reviewed it. That's how we keep this going. I've been told it's the only thing that matters. DM me if you have any questions or further suggestions or a city you really want covered. Let us know how we're doing. Hit me up on Instagram at WillDailyOfficial or just search WillDaily, D-A-I-L-E-Y on your favorite platform. I am on Threads too. finally. We have a new social media platform. Uh, it was getting kind of quiet out there. Sound of Our Town is a production of Double Elvis and iHeartRadio. You can also hit us up on IG at Double Elvis and Twitter at Double Elvis FM. The show is executively produced by Jake Brennan and Brady Sadler for Double Elvis. Production assistance by Matt Bowden. This show is created, written, and hosted and scored by me, Will Daly. This episode was written by Caitlin White. If you want to hear my music, if you want to see where I'm playing, just go to willdaily.com. Yes, I'm on Spotify, I'm on Apple, Pandora, wherever music happens, we're pretty much there. But you can always find me at willdaily.com. Just uh, W-I-L-L-D-I-I, wait, W-I-L-L-D-A-I-L-E-Y.com. That's it. I'm off to the next town, the next city. We only have a couple more episodes left in season two. Thank you for your ears. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Beauty Translated Season 3 is coming soon with what? A second host? I'm Carmen Laurent, and this season I am joined full-time by world-renowned Janie Danger. Janie, what are we talking about in Season 3? We're talking about life, Carmen. Beauty Translated is about the many fragmented lives spreading across this rich tapestry of the trans experience. And the all-new Beauty Translated Loveline at... 
678-561-2785. Listen to Beauty Translated Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. 